Some couples just have it all, don't they? The house, the dog, the two beautiful children and an amazing close friendship group to share it all with. It was really great um, bringing our children up as well with with our friends that also had um, children. So um, one of my best friends, Christy, had um, two kids of her own. So we would there would be a lot of family barbecues. We would call them family barbecues because they were all they were like our family. So um, again, my sister and Christy and myself were quite close, and Christy's sister as well. Then we'd go away on camping trips and that kind of thing. So life was great. But, of course, any relationship has its moments over time. People can become complacent, find themselves bored of the day-to-day. Sometimes one of them may even stray. But a little bump in the road in an otherwise happy and fulfilling life together was something Sally thought she and husband Dave could surely overcome. Or so she thought. I had said, right, you know, was it just a kiss? Yes, it was just a kiss. I said, well, I can I can forgive a kiss. Let's just, you know, I know you know it was a mistake. Uh, let's move on. We kind of sat in silence for a bit and then I was still kind of processing it all and then he then um, proceeded to tell me that, no, it wasn't just a kiss. He doesn't love me anymore. I'm Georgia Love and this is Everyone Has an Ex. Come with me as we dive into a collection of unconventional stories about relationships past through the eyes and the hearts of the very people who lived them. The year was 2009. The date, March 17, St Patrick's Day, when a newly single Sally decided to hit the town. I was 22 at the time. I had actually just recently um, gotten out of a relationship. It was like the first time I wanted to kind of pick myself up and go out. So I found my uh, sister-in-law decided to go out with me into into the city, who I've never actually gone out with on a night before, so it was totally random. I wasn't on the hunt and wasn't looking um, for anything like that, so I was just out for a good night. But um, and. My sister-in-law wasn't either, so we were just not even, like, men weren't on our radar, but um, we were just up for a chat. Don't they always say it's when you're not looking, the right person appears? That night, that right person was Dave. Actually, his friend, I think, was interested in my sister-in-law, so his friend actually approached my sister-in-law. There was just the four of us all drinking and that kind of thing. He's actually a few years younger than me, so I thought, oh, no, he's just a boy. Um, so there was nothing, yeah, nothing on the, on the radar from there. Ended up that when we went to catch a cab home, he actually was from my, um, town, my city. So we shared a cab and, and yeah, exchanged numbers and went from there. We met up uh, only a few days later for a drink at a bar again. Um, and then we were pretty much inseparable from, from there. So everything kind of just went fast um, from from that moment on. Yeah, we just kind of hit it off. First moment we kissed was after we must have had a, a date and it was actually in, our, in my car. Um, I dropped him home and, yeah, I thought, oh, wow, I've kind of... I've hit it here. Like I wasn't expecting to meet anyone so soon after my other relationship, my past relationship. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a, of a shock. But I kind of just roll with it and see see how we go. We both had the same kind of sense of humour. Um, I'm a bit, yeah. We both have um, similar interests, and I'm into footy and beer, and he likes footy. 
footy and beer. So we kind of, yeah, the conversation never stopped. There was never a break in conversation and we just kind of had, yeah, similar values and interests. And so we were kind of in the bubble of, yeah, when you first meet someone and it's all that butterflies and all that yummy feeling. I was still living at home at the time, so he kind of had to meet my family uh, quite fast. Being a very close family, he, yeah, he fit in quite quite well and everyone seemed to like him and, and so that kind of probably gave me that little push to, to go ahead and, and, yeah, move things forward. And things did move forward. Just three months after meeting, 22-year-old Sally and 19-year-old Dave made the first big step in their blossoming relationship. I had a, a house, an investment property that I decided to um, move into. His situation was changing. The, the housemate that he was living with was actually selling the house, so he needed to vacate that property. And I think because I was obviously still living at home and was 22 and thought, oh, well, I've got a house and why don't we move in together? So, yeah, we just kind of went all in, <laughs> jumped in. We just kind of played house and he uh, was at uni and also working at the time and I had a full-time job. So it was just normal run-of-the-mill kind of relationship stuff, cooking dinner, watching TV, going out, coming home, that kind of thing. So it just kind of all ran smoothly and, yeah, we loved it. He was kind and and funny. Um, we never had kind of had any real disagreements, um, anything like that. So it all just kind of... Well, we used to call it the fairy tale, I think, because it just kind of worked out so, so well. Like, I just couldn't believe that I'd found this guy and, I'd, you know, I was, you know, coming out of heartbreak, but then found this wonderful man that was kind to me and made me feel great. And my family loved him, which is even a better kind of thing. And, yeah, I had met his family as well. So we all just kind of got along. So that's another reason why, again, we called it the fairy tale, because it just seemed too good to be true. I even had, we had a little poster in our house that was framed that said the fairy tale. So that was kind of framed in our, in our house. And um, so every day I would walk past that and see it and be reminded that, wow, like I've, I found him, I found the one and I can't believe that I've just found, found him on that random night out. I think it was because all the, all the things like he had the night we had met, he had just gotten off work and randomly went into the city. I went out with my sister-in-law, whom I'd never been out with, so it was kind of like a fate thing, really. We, we weren't meant to meet, but we did on that off chance, on, on that off night. So I think we both thought we were so lucky that we'd found each other. But, of course, no fairy tale is complete without... Our proposal was at home. Um, I had opened the door to my bedroom and when I walked out, there was my favourite lollies were Alan's Freckles and and the Raspberries. So in um, Love Hearts, there was Love Hearts of Freckles and a trail kind of around the house. So I had to follow follow those outside and uh, led me to up outside into our paddock where we had a, a seat actually up the back of our property that we called the love seat. Um, so we would go up there and and sit up there and and, and look over our property. So um, and when I walked up there, um, Dave was there with our dog, and he yes gave his little speech and got down on one knee and and proposed. We'd always said that we didn't really want a long long engagement. I think everything just progressed naturally when we found a venue we just kind of it all just fell into line we found a venue um to have our reception um we knew we were getting married at my parents property so we thought why not let's just do it 
because it was a fairy tale wedding. Fairy tale dress. Um, I yeah, we had a small um, bridal party. So my sister and my sister's husband was Dave's best man. So we were all quite a tight knit group. My niece was flower girl. It was just yeah, beautiful. We had um, I think 120 people there, and we yeah, it was great. I loved it. It was one of the best days of my life. And if first comes love and then comes marriage. I was kind of keen to, um, you know, after 12 months to to start on, yeah, having a family, which we did. Um, so we tried for, yeah, 10, 10 or 11 months with no no luck. So then I ended up seeing a fertility specialist and we went on some um, fertility drugs, which still um, didn't work. So then we ended up having to go down the IVF um, trail way. So yes, we were very lucky with IVF. We um, got pregnant the second time around. So yeah, so that worked quite quite fast. And then our firstborn was born in 2014. Because we had struggled, I think, obviously, I mean, to anyone getting pregnant is fantastic. But I think because we had had that hard time, um, it was, it although it was a very tough time, it brought us closer together because we only had each other and we were living that little yeah, drama kind of thing through for ourselves. Like no one else really kind of understood. So that kind of, I would say, although it was tough on our, um, not, not tough on our relationship, but, you know, it was an emotional process um, going through IVF. So I think that even uh, brought us closer together. Um, so when we finally got the positive test and found out that we were going to have this baby, yeah, our worlds were like, we just was happy. We were so like, we couldn't wait to tell our family. We announced it on Christmas Day that we were having this baby. So, yeah, we were just over the moon. He was just perfect. Like, I just, I couldn't, he was just my miracle baby. I was just so happy. All I ever wanted to be was a mum. Like, everyone has kind of career goals. All I wanted to be in my life was a mum. And Dave was so natural as well with with him so even though he may not have had a lot of experience with babies it just kind of came naturally so we just again we were just in a bubble of love like our little family we just we had our dog we had our little boy and we were just living the dream the fairy tale at 25 and 27 years old life was pretty perfect Sally and Dave knew they wanted at least three kids and knowing it wouldn't happen naturally, they had time to be in their baby bubble before going again, right? But a miracle happened and I fell um, pregnant naturally with my second, um, yeah, which was very, very surprising. I, two under two. It was a bit tough. Going from one child to two was quite quite a shock, I think, because our first was our, our world. Although I called my first, my little miracle, my second child was just, he really was our miracle because he just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen and it did. So it was amazing. So it was really great um, bringing our children up as well with with our friends that also had um, children. So um, one of my best friends, Christy, had um, two kids of her own. So we would there would be a lot of family barbecues. We would call them family barbecues because they were all they were like our family. So um, again, my sister and Christy and myself were quite close, and Christy's sister as well. So we would all get together and and for kids' birthday parties and and those types of things, and we'd go away on camping trips and that kind of thing. So life was great. So Christy worked with Dave as well, so they were also close. So the four of us together um, were great. Like we had a great friendship group and did a lot together. We always knew that we wanted um, a third 
baby um, because my middle son had had some issues as well. We were a little bit um, apprehensive about when when that wanted to when we wanted to actually do that. Um, but we thought, well, we fell naturally with my second. Let's try again, and we'll just see whether whether it happens naturally or not. So we tried for about eight or nine months, but nothing actually happened. So we thought, okay, well, we've got our um, embryos there stored. So back to the fertility specialist to see um, what we can do about that. So we started another round. Um, I'd actually had a failed round, so that didn't wasn't successful. And then I was quite, yeah, emotional about that one because I think um, I really just thought, because we were so lucky with our first as well, um, that it would just kind of happen. And then so Dave reassured me, he's like, we'll try again. It's fine. You know, it'll it'll all work out. And work out, it did. So normally with IVF, you have the, the dreaded two-week wait after your transfer. You've got two weeks, um, two weeks to wait before you have your blood test. I am an impatient person and could not wait. I just, I, I was feeling all the feels, like the little niggles and the t- and the pulls in your tummy. I thought, no, for sure, this is this is it. So I um, took a test on Mother's Day um, after. I'd had a lovely like family breakfast. Um, David cooked me breakfast with the boys and we'd had, yeah, a great day. I thought, okay, well, I'll do a test and see. So I found out that I was pregnant on Mother's Day. So it was great. I was so happy. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't believe it. Kept it to myself. Um, well, I, I had t- told Dave, but I didn't, hadn't told my family. So we had lunch and everything that day and it was a great day. So I was on top of the world, just, yeah, loving it. And what a great day to find out that you're pregnant with your third. Don't even try testing her universe. Nothing could bring Sally down at this joyous time. The next day, um, <laughs> so the day after Mother's Day, was my nephew's birthday. Um, so we celebrate, we're again, a close family. So my sister actually only lived across the road from me. So we um, went and celebrated my nephew's birthday um, Dave went actually was late at work. So he picked up dinner on the way home for us all. So then we got dinner, had dinner at my sister's, um, got home. I put the, we put the kids to bed. Dave was actually studying at the time as well. So he would often, um, be in the other room studying. So I, um, remember this moment vividly. I, I went to, um, boil the kettle, make a cup of tea. Um, I, made a cup of tea and then Dave came out from the study and said, oh, I need to, I need to talk to you. I need to discuss something with you. So I was like, okay. So we um, sat down um, the week before the transfer. So in my time, in my two-week wait, Dave had, had a really big work function, um, which I wasn't involved in. So I was obviously not there, but, um, and he had gone out afterwards, after that, um, that, work function. So that night um, when he sat me down, he confessed that he had kissed someone that night. It just, yeah, kind of blew up my world. I just, it was, I did not see it coming and didn't know what, why, (laughs) what had happened. Sally couldn't believe what she was hearing. There had been no signs anything had gone on, at least She hadn't thought so at the time. But now looking back on that night, she started to see it through different eyes. I had woken up at around 1 o'clock in the morning and he still wasn't home. So I had texted him and said, where are you? Um, And 
more so because I'd um, left the front door unlocked because I wanted to go, I thought he was coming home. Um, and because he wasn't, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat and wanted to lock the door. So I was like, well, what's happening? Because the door's unlocked and I'm trying to sleep and the kids are in the house. Um, and he said, I'd, I had been in contact with him during the night. He's like, oh, it's a quiet night. You know, no one's around, like no one's in the club or wherever they were. No one was here. Um, you know, it, we're just having a few drinks and that kind of thing. So then at one o'clock in the morning, I said, where are you? And he texts back and said, I've fallen asleep at Christy's house, um, getting a cab home now. So I said, okay. So then two hours passed. It was three o'clock in the morning and he still wasn't home. And I said, where are you? <laughs> once again, he wasn't answering his phone. He would only like text me back. So I um, texted him and said, where are you? And he said um, that he'd missed the Uber and was calling another cab. So then I was still waited and I think it was um, because they lived quite close to us as well, so um, only about 10 minutes away from us. So within maybe by quarter to four, he'd finally come home. Just thought, oh, my God, he's fallen asleep Um, and you know, what an idiot. He's fallen asleep and just get home. Like, I want you home. So don't be bothering Christy and her family (laughs) being drunk at her house. Like, come home. When he said that he'd kissed someone, I said, well, where was Christy? Like, why did, how did Christy not see you kiss someone? Because she, you know, obviously one of my best friends. So she's straight onto it. Like, if, if she saw Dave kissing someone, um, someone else, she would like, go into bat for me. I know that she would defend me and 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 say what, you know, what's happening and what are you doing. So um the way he'd worded it was that yeah, he was they were kind of down down near the to- toilets kind of like down near a, an uh, an alleyway type thing kissing this lady. Um this random woman that no one knew. It was all too much, but Sally thought it was just a kiss. Dave always seemed happy and he'd fessed up. Surely her marriage, her family, could overcome one silly drunken kiss. Obviously, hate cheating and don't don't like that kind of thing. So I, um, although wanted to fight for my family, so I had said, right, you know, was it just a kiss? Yes, it was just a kiss. I said, well, I can I can forgive a kiss. Let's just, you know, I know you know it was a mistake. Uh, let's move on. Kind of sat in silence for a bit, and then. I was still kind of processing it all and then he then proceeded to tell me that, no, it wasn't just a kiss. He doesn't love me anymore. It just was totally out of the blue. Yeah, my my world had been shattered. I don't love you anymore. All I could think of in that moment was I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. <laughs> We've gone through IVF and I've just found out that I'm pregnant. And funnily enough, the day before um, was Mother's Day and I'd received a card from him that said, to the best mother in the world, we love you so much, you are our world, love always, Dave and the boys. Once he said that he didn't love me, I um, I again said, well, what, what can I do? What can I do to fix this? Let's like, let's go to counselling. Let's, you know, let's get back on track. Like we can, we can do this. Like we need to fight for our family. So I'm happy to do anything I can in my power to keep our family together because I love you. Um, and we can, we can work, like we can work through this. We can fix it. We have to fix it. In his head, he must've thought, well, she's not giving up. (laughs) So then he kind of hit me with the 
I don't love you, you do this, you do that. I don't like the way you have done this. You put a strain on our relationship, nothing. I haven't been happy for two years. Yeah, it was kind of like an attack on me. So yeah, some some terrible things were were said. Yeah, so um, he yeah kind of hit me with the yeah hit me where it hurt because he said oh the house like you know the house is too big and and we live in a um we live in a I feel like I'm in a fishbowl and I just keep swimming around. We're in the same group of friends, so we're we're you know got the same friends and we do this all the time. We're always with his sister and her husband, and I feel like I can't escape and I can't be myself and and he just kept referring it back to I feel like I'm in a fishbowl so that's when I proceeded to say that let's move like I'll I'll don't care if we live in a shoebox as long as our family are together um I'll do basically anything like let's we'll change we'll change what we need to change in order to save our marriage which I was happy to do but he didn't want to buy of it he just it was just no 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 like I just couldn't and I in my head I couldn't believe that he didn't he didn't want to fight for us like he didn't want to fight for our family he didn't want to go to counseling there was nothing he just didn't want to fight he didn't want to fight for it he just had given up he was done he was out he decided to go away his parents actually live um quite a distance away so he wanted to get away and and have some some time so I thought great he'll go to his family his dad and his mum will talk to him and 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 speak, you know, talk some sense into him, and and we'll be right. Like once he talks to his mum and dad, they'll come back. He'll come back, and and we'll be okay. So I um, went and stayed with my parents with the boys while he was away. Um, we did keep in contact for those few days, like a few texts here and there. I kept on telling him that I loved him and wanted to fight for our family. Um, I received a message from his mum, and she said, "Dave's here." We've been talking through, you know, um, you know, our marriage is hard and with little children and that kind of thing, like kind of gave me that kind of spiel. And I sent back and said, I'm willing to try anything to fight for our family. And I love Dave and I love our boys and I just want to keep our family together. So that was that. And then when he got home um, from that trip, he walked in the door and I was waiting for a, you know, let's fight for this. I made a big mistake. Um, the first thing he said when he walked through the door was with a bit of an attitude, nothing's changed, I haven't changed my mind. So then it kind of seemed a bit more real. It really did uh, did hit me. Just like that, just days after Mother's Day and the same week as their sixth wedding anniversary, Dave announced he was leaving. The marriage was over all while Sally was just a few weeks pregnant. She needed her best friend. In that time, I didn't hear a lot from Christy, so I'd only told my sister and my mum and dad about what had happened in that past week, so I was keeping it to myself. But because I hadn't heard, she was awfully quiet as well. I thought Christy knew that Dave had kissed someone that night and that's why she was quiet because she knew and must have felt guilty that she hadn't told me. So I um, reached out to her and I broke down and and, and told her, Dave has, has, you know, doesn't love me anymore. I'm pregnant um, and, I, you know, I don't know what's happening. Um, and then she broke down and said that her husband told her that she, she, he didn't love her and he was leaving her. And he had told her on Mother's Day, the day before, um, Dave left me. So our worlds were 
falling apart at the same time. We were just in, in pure shock. I just couldn't, like, I was I was confessing to her what he was saying to me um, and she was saying, yeah, her yeah husband had, you know, doesn't love her and was already looking at other, um, like, to move out of the home, um, that he didn't like living in a fishbowl. That's what Dave said to me, that he didn't want to live in a fishbowl. At the time, we actually joked. I said, they haven't they haven't hooked up, have they? Like, have they run, <laughs> are they run off together? Because it was just so crazy that I just, I did not see my situation coming and I did not see her situation coming either. So it was just totally out of the blue. I just couldn't comprehend that her husband had left her and Dave was leaving me. So we were both heartbroken. We were kind of, yeah, it was kind of tit for tat. Like she was telling me what was happening with, you know, um, her husband was apparently already seeing solicitors and and sorting out, you know, dividing all their assets and that kind of thing. Um, We were still trying to find, Dave was still still living at the home, so we had still tried to kind of... um, yeah, be be around each other, I suppose, um, and and pretend to be happy around the boys, um, who were blissfully unaware that our world was falling apart. Because um, I was probably still emotional, and and I had to go through tests and everything with the baby and and scans and that kind of thing. I wasn't um, telling him about my appointments or anything like that. So I was confiding in Christy and telling her about my, you know, going for a scan. Everything's okay with the baby. I'd actually had a um, a car accident. <laughs> I hit someone and had a car accident. So I um, everyone was was fine. I'd call Dave crying and, and he turned up and then Chrissy was not far behind him. They were on their way home from work. So she turned up and she took my boys home while we sorted everything out with the car. Yeah, so we relied on each other for quite some time. Like we kept on saying, at least we have each other. We'll, you know, both be together and we'll get through this together. The weeks somehow continued to roll on. Sally was busy focusing on her boys and growing the new little person inside her while Dave moved out and they started negotiating co-parenting life. We'd started sharing care. Like Dave had kind of taken the boys out for some time. Um, They'd never kind of slept over. He'd just take them out for a few hours and then um, bring them back to me. And um, it was um, like three months later um, my eldest boy came home And he said, oh, we went to the park with Daddy. And I said, oh, that's nice. And he said, and Christy was there. And Daddy and Christy were kissing and cuddling at the park. Sorry, what? And I I just got on my phone straight away and rang him and said, what's happened? I've just been told that you and Christy have been kissing and cuddling at the park. And he said, what? No, he's lying. We weren't. We we randomly ran into them at the park um, and she was with, Christy was with her sister and we all ended up having, um, you know, playing together and we ended up having dinner together and, and that was it. We weren't cu- kissing and cuddling. You can even ask, ask Christy, ask her sister. Her sister was there. And so I just, again, I was, I was in complete utter shock. Like it just didn't. I, I I knew my little boy and I know what he he's very aware he was for so he wouldn't lie like he's not into lying or anything like that so that kind of threw me um and I was quite cranky that 
at the time um, that Christy didn't even tell me that she'd ran into Dave at the park. I just thought that would be something that she would say, like, oh, my God, we're at the park and we've ran into each other. How awkward. Like, and now the kids are playing together. She didn't even tell me, which I thought was a little bit, bit odd. Next day I received a message from Christy absolutely slamming me, um, saying, how dare you accuse me of kissing Dave? Um, we were just at the park you know, randomly, you know, with the kids and then just saw Dave and the kids and we ended up doing this. How dare you accuse me of that? I thought we were supposed to be friends. Who are you to say that I'm doing this and doing that? Kind of, yeah, throwing it on me and then bring it forward a week, making breakfast one morning and my phone rang um, and it was Christy's ex-husband who I hadn't actually spoken to since he had left her because Christy had kind of painted him in a light that he was being awful to her. So I was kind of mad at him because I thought, well, no, he's left her. He's doing all these awful things to her and making her life a living hell. So I was kind of, I was actually pissed at him. So we hadn't even spoken since both of our marriages had ended. Um, And he rang me and he said, Sally, do you think something's going on with Christy and Dave? And I said, look, I've, you know, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know. And he said, well, I've just caught him leaving her house, jumping the fence. When I went to drop kids, something up for the kids, he said he's, he jumped the fence and was running from her house. So I got in the car, just jumped in the car, got the kids in the car, the kids were still in their pyjamas and I just drove to the, the house that he was staying at and he wasn't home. I kind of, that's when I just, it all just kind of, hit me then. So I'd had the, in the back of my mind, I thought, no, nothing's going on. But then it's just kind of suddenly all come to light. Like it was, they were, they were seeing each other and, and I had the wall pulled over my eyes. That's when that kind of, I looked back and, and things that didn't match up. Like when he stayed at her house that night, her husband actually wasn't home. Her, he was away with the kids. So they were home alone together. Um, Previous parties, they were like that. I had um, hosted that year. We'd hosted Australia Day party, and they went to the bottle to get more drink, and they like a bottle of drink, and they went together, and they were gone for ages. For ages, they were gone, and even my mum said, "Where are they? What What are they doing? Where are they?" Which again, I was like, "I don't know." Like I just didn't, and all those, it all just kind of all these funny little moments. Like, oh, that's why she picked him up from work that day or that's why she'd come to the house and pick him up and drive him somewhere and all these little bits and pieces of when they were actually together kind of, yeah, hit me. And I realised then that there was no older lady that he'd kissed months before. It was it was Christy. Shock didn't even begin to describe it. But now she and Christy's husband were corroborating stories. There was no denying the harsh, heartbreaking reality. He had actually been suspicious for years prior to this but had never said anything to me. Um, and then finally when we got to talking, all the truth kind of came out because we had been separated because Christy was painting him in a bad light so I wasn't talking to him and he wasn't talking to me because she was saying, oh, Sally's getting giving me all the legal advice that she's getting. So he was kind of annoyed at me because it was just kind of she was separating us so we couldn't actually get together and talk about the truth and what was actually happening. When 
Christy's husband had discovered that Dave fell asleep at Christy's house because he had previously been suspicious. That's when it all blew up in their relationship. They weren't wanting Christy's husband to find out that Dave had slept over. I think they were probably just going to continue with their little side affair. I don't think it was in the plan for that to, for him to find out that David stayed over that night and then it kind of, it all had to come to light. So they had broken up, so Dave had to leave me. So that was it. I arranged a meeting with um, Dave to like to actually speak to him in person only like two days later um, and that's when he told me, he said, We're, what, deal with it, we're in a relationship, deal with it. And I had a note. I had a notepad full of questions, like when did it happen? When, like, what, what this? Or all these, all these questions. And he said, I don't need to answer anything. They were then together, official, done, a couple. I did call Dave's work, and Christy answered the phone. And I said, "Hi, Christy, it's me." And she said, "Oh, hi." And I said, "I just want you to know that I found out that you're a slut and never talk to me again." There was no apology. No explanation, just a freight train to the face. Her husband and her best friend had both betrayed her and she was left alone, grieving with two kids and another on the way. Having my husband leave me was obviously a devastating time and then the fact that then (laughs) it, it was an ultimate betrayal because then the person that he was now with was my best friend was just, I couldn't, there was a lot of tears. I couldn't, I was just in disbelief for quite some time, really. Like it really just, it took, it took a while. It took a long time. And I think because I, every time I look down, I'm looking down at my, my baby bump, um, feeling the baby move inside me, um, thinking, well, this was supposed to be our, our happy family. And now I'm doing this by myself and I've got two other little ones to look after. I don't know how I don't know how I did it. So it was only three months after he had left that their relationship had come out. So I was only three months pregnant. So I still had a long way to go in my pregnancy. People were still like, even in our friendship group, were still finding out that I was actually like what had happened. And here I am with my third, yeah, being pregnant with my third and my baby bump, having to hand my kids over to my ex-husband to then go off and for them to be in their happy little family and were just blissfully unaware of of what they were doing. And they just didn't care. They were in their own own world. That was bad enough. That was awful. But then it kind of it got it got worse because then they were together. They moved quite fast. That was the hardest part for me was having to hand my kids over to my ex-husband who I obviously wasn't fond of, but then to take them to her like they were together and then end up living together um, and were this joint kind of family. But then it even brought more hell because she she was awful to my children. He was a puppet. Like she was like pulling his strings. So he then turned quite nasty. So she turned him into an awful person. Like she, I, I can't even describe it. I just It's like a dream and a nightmare. Like she was mean, mean to the kids, which made it. It was a it was hell. Every morning I would wake up and it it would just it would it was like a constant recurring nightmare. Like I could not get it out of my head. It just was constantly in my head. So thoughts were like, how did I not see it? Why didn't he tell me? 
you know, just I felt betrayed. I had trust issues. I thought, am I, like, how am I going to raise three kids by myself? Am I ever going to find love again? How am I going to trust anyone ever again? I would just cry, like cry and cry and cry all the time. Lots and lots of tears. It was like I was, I couldn't actually believe it was really happening to me. Like it was like one of those things that you hear of, but now I was actually living, living this nightmare. Like it was like it was an actual movie. It went on like this for six months until life changed even more with the arrival of baby number three. Thankfully, I had, I have a close family and a great um, support group. So my sister um, came into the room with me when I had um, the baby, another boy. Through that time, I didn't want Dave in the room with me. Um, So, and I just wanted it to be, I needed to get in my mind that this was going to be, I knew it was going to be an emotional time when I had him. I think it was just going to be kind of like a big release. Like I didn't know how I was going to react when he was born because I think I was just trying to hold my shit together for so long. I didn't know how I was going to deal when I actually had had the baby. But, yeah, it, it all, he was a beautiful beautiful 10 pound two <laughs> um, baby. <laughs> so yeah, all I knew at, at that time when I was having the baby that I um, I just didn't want Dave around me. Like I, I wanted my memory of this not to be of being anxious about him being in the room and my family wanting to come because obviously my family and him don't get along um, anymore. So I, I just wanted this time to be about me and the baby and, and bonding with the baby rather than me stressing about what was going to happen with Dave. So, but yeah, so it was, it was a lovely time and I'm so glad I had my sister there and I was very lucky like in that regard, but um, there was, yeah, quite a few tears shed. <laughs> it was an emotional time. I didn't tell Dave for two days. I wanted to be in our little baby bubble, I suppose, and I didn't want the stress of Dave wanting to come up and meet the baby and I decided to to wait. Um, until I'd had the baby and that we were home before I told him that he was born, which he didn't take very well, but I needed that. That was the hard time. I think that's when I really hit rock bottom, when I was left with, when, when the boys would leave and I had no one. That's when I felt most alone because I, and I knew that they were all together and that kind of thing, so that that was hard. Yeah, I really, I really struggled with that. Well, I made an absolute rule that I would never, I refused to go to their home. I would not, I could not drive in that driveway. I could not see her. I, I felt physically ill. So he would always come to to us, to, um, to my house to pick up the kids. And then even that in itself was just always an anxious time because it was kind of like, well, what, what's going to happen today? What argument are we going to have? Because that's when it got really nasty because I think she was kind of, I don't know, she just turned to this monster and was like feeding him information kind of made me feel like when I was sitting at home you know with this my three little boys by myself I just thought that he yeah like he he's away being happy and gets the best of both worlds like he gets to see the boys and he's off in this new relationship where I'm not that I was even thinking about finding a new relationship but I'm here by myself with the three kids um, you know, breastfeeding my baby with two others running around and he's blissfully, like he's, again, often his happy new relationship and then comes and goes as he pleases. Still gets to see the boys, what he wants, and and go off with his new with his new lover and, and you know, their new home and 
all their ha- happy families and I'm kind of stuck. I kept saying like, like Dave left me, but then he wouldn't leave me alone. That was the thing. Like I just wanted to be left and to live my life and with the boys and that kind of thing. Like I obviously know that I had to be, like he had to be involved in their lives, but it was just he he just was relentless with with arguments and those types of things. Like, and that's what I always kept saying, like, you've left me, but you just won't leave me alone. Like, you're with her now. Go off and be with her. But it just wouldn't stop. But as time went on, Sally became stronger with the support of friends and family and her three beautiful boys. She was soon able to see through the fog. She didn't have to go through all this on her own. So I found out, again, um, I had... Great, a great support network. It was quite tricky with our friendship group because the boys kind of stuck with Dave, but the wives kind of stuck with me. So it was a little bit some kind of we we lost a few and, and gained a few, like I, I lost a few, but then um, also had was quite surprising that a lot of people kind of, yeah, stuck with me, which was nice. <laughs> so I had been on my own probably about 18 months before I even considered um started dating again or seeing other people. Then I um, randomly received a message. Um, funnily enough, it was Mother's Day um, a few years later. He knows my sister. He went to school with my sister. So he's been a mutual friend for years and he um, randomly messaged me one day on Instagram and just said, how are we going? And we ended up chatting and, and yeah, three years later, coming up to three years, we've been together. I'm so glad that I took a chance again on love I, because I'm just, I'm, I am the happiest I have ever been. I took quite some time to, to kind of let my walls down and, and, um, and trust, I suppose. That kind of took, took some time. Um, but yes, I am, I'm happy. Life is good. And as for Christy and Dave? So Christy and Dave didn't work out in the end. So, um, they were together for about three and a half years and then it ended. They'd bought a house together and everything. Um, but, yeah, they'd since broken up. And to be honest, I don't really care why it ended. I'm just glad she's out of my life. Yeah, silver linings. I hate that it happened to me, but I got three beautiful boys out of it. Um, like that really is... Yeah, like uh, uh, someone kind of explained to me um, years ago, like everyone, like it was kind of like that was my, that was one chapter in my life that I got the, you know, that's what I gained from that. So I was meant to be with Dave to get me my three beautiful boys. Like even the way it happened, like my third, (laughs) like, you know, I was pregnant and he left me the next day. So he was meant to be here. So I was meant to have him in my life and I can't imagine not having him. And, you know, as much as it was awful that I had to go through the pregnancy by myself and all of that happened to me, I'm so thankful that I have him and that he's completed my family. Everyone Has an Ex is a Minty Media production. It's written and narrated by me, Georgia Love, produced by Linda Scott and edited by Matt Sofo. If you like what you've heard, you can support the podcast by hitting subscribe, writing us a review and leaving us five juicy stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at at everyone has an ex. 
If you have a story you'd like to share with us, you can contact us at everyonehasanex at mintymedia.com.au.